0: You're listening to the Twelve Days of Crusadmas, 2021, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade.
1: On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Your next mini. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear
2: tree.
1: Mike, hey, can I have the next one?
3: Uh
2: huh. On the floor
1: Six day of Christmas, my
2: true love gave
3: to me. Six, he's I Five, golden rings. Four, call birds. Three,
0: French. And two, turtle dogs. Six, madmen maddening. Hello, and welcome to the sixth day of the 12 Days of Crusademus for 2021, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a hidden gem of a comic series, brought to you either by one of our Holly Jolly co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests, until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. I am your host for this sixth day of Crusademus, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick. And here are the three jolly old elves joining me for today's unwrapping. And I think it's only proper that we start with the founder of this great organization, the one, the only, Pat DJ mm. Christatos mm. Sampson. How are you this fine, almost Christmas day, Pat?
2: Well, it's six days away. There's still a lot of hustle and bustle and things to do to get this place ready for the final day when we're all here together to celebrate Christmas. So there's still some more directing.
0: I noticed there was a lack of decorations
2: up here, Pat. (laughs) Well, yeah. What's the holdup? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jason, because speaking about the holdup, I'm talking to one of them right now.
0: Oh, Delvin, he's talking to you. What's the holdup? Why aren't you helping Pat with the decorations?
4: Well, I'll take that as an introduction and thanks, hey, by the way, Pat. Yeah. I, I am going to help you. Today is the day. I'm going to help you. Oh, yeah. See? I got it all sorted out for you, Pat. I actually, okay. I, I'm not. Like, I don't know if you know this or not, but the 6th day of Christmas is also Christmas Fools Day. So, Christmas oh. Fools. Christmas oh, oh <laughs> Fools. <God. laughs> I tricked you. Christmas you didn't duped know about it, did you. We'll I got know, Christmas Pat. duped. Yeah, Christmas dupe. Sorry, Christmas fools. All right, Mm -hmm. chop
0: chop on those decorations, Pat. All right, well, you've already heard them. Let's go ahead and introduce our next member, Delvin the Dark Web, Williams.
4: What's up, Jason? How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I actually have nothing else. I did my bid already, so we can go ahead and keep moving.
0: Yep, bid is done. Let's check in with my brother,
5: Jared Death Probe Well, I haven't been hanging up decorations, but I did decide to make some snacks tonight. I like snacks. Nuts hot, nuts. hot nuts. Anybody here want to buy my nuts? Silly nuts. Hot nuts. I've
1: got nuts for sale.
5: Oh, I do. I do. But I, you know what? You guys don't have to buy them. You guys can have some of my hot nuts. Pat, are there down nuts? those Christmas nuts and pick up yeah. those Christmas balls. <laughs> it's, but, uh, true to form, I have brought another Christmas joke for everybody. Go for it. What is Santa's favorite state to deliver presents to? What is Santa's favorite state to deliver
0: presents to? Mm-hmm. I can tell you it's not the state I'm in. Is it Oregon? And the presents are... Reliant upon my parents, and Jared is in the same house.
5: (laughs) It's some drenching up some old stuff. mm -hmm, mm, That's the
0: state. That Uh, is not. So we've got it narrowed
5: down to 49. Get ready to laugh, boys. I'm ready to laugh. It is Idaho, ho, ho. Oh.
0: Uh, Oh. oh. Okay.
5: (laughs) <laughs> so again, nuts, Hot Hot nuts. nuts. You're from the peanut
1: man. Nuts. Hot Hot nuts nuts
0: Well, it wouldn't be Crusmis without a special guest. And joining us today around the fireplace is the man we keep leaving our presence with Dr. G, Nerdologist from the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Welcome
3: Dr. G. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on. I mean, sure, I'm kidnapped and I'm in this basement and I don't know where I am, but um, I was promised treats, so I'm okay. How about some hot nuts? Ah, Are are they D's nuts?
5: (laughs) Of course! Of course! Well done!
2: Would you like them crushed? (laughs) No. (laughs) No? Okay.
0: Oh, enough of this chit-chat. I'm over here wondering, what do you have gift-wrapped in that stocking?
3: Well, as you heard in the singing intro today, six Mad Men maddening, which means we're unwrapping Madman Comics, Volume 1, Number 1 from 1994, published by Dark Horse Comics. Now, let me give you a brief history of the series. This is a 20-issue volume, containing the two previous miniseries, Mad Men, The Oddity Odyssey from Kitchen Sink and Madman Adventures from Tundra Press. This is written, drawn, and lettered by Michael Allred, colors provided by his wife, Laura Allred. Both Mike and Laura will also do work for both Marvel and DC on such titles as Ecstatic, Bug the Forager*, FF, Batman 66, uh, the very recent Silver Surfer series, and a few, uh, a lot others. I, I was about to say a few others, but actually a lot of others. Allred's work has also made it into big and small screens. With uh, his the indie movie G-Men from Hell, which is based off of characters from Madman, and uh, he is the artist behind the comic series that was adapted to the CW series I Zombie. Also, for any of you who are Kevin Smith fans, he is doing some of the artwork in Chasing Amy, and that artwork actually appeared in like the special DVDs and stuff like that too. So, oh. um, so he's oh. got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire on that one. Now, talk a little about why I love this series and this book. I picked this up back in college. This series was out right 93, 94, and I got it because it was something very different on the racks. We're talking the 90s. It was extreme era and bad girl like comics and everything was basically looking samey. Um Marvel and DC, I mean, they still have the problem of house styles that all look very samey. Yeah, they but- were chasing <laughs> Sammy. <laughs> oh, yeah, and and they were also you know they were chasing image after this, and you know it's ninety four, so we're like right about to have the crash <laughs> in comics too. This one just stuck out to me. I got the original Odyssey Odyssey trade, and it's Howard's style is very pop art. It's it's very nineteen fifties like nostalgia, very Silver Age, but with a really strong like uh, uses a very heavy line in his line work, which I really appreciate. And then once he teamed up with his wife, Laura, um, she brings these amazing, vibrant colors to it. So it was always a fun series. It was kind of like, it's like an indie not movie itself in many ways, like a quirky indie movie from the 90s, the series. And this was the first, This the one we're going to be talking about today was the first ongoing. Uh, the previous two series were just three-issue minis. This was the first of the ongoing, got a 20-issue run out of, out of Dark Horse before... Uh, he moved to Image to do basically the second volume, Madman and the Atomics, and that's part of why it's really kind of my favorite series. It's just that sort of I like I'm actually a real fan of comics that have like a singular artistic vision and a singular artist doing pretty much most of the work. And he really you know like like Jeff Smith's Bone or Concrete by Paul Chadwick or or a number of other black and white books I could think of, or Usagi Yojimbo or something like that to that effect. So. I feel this fits really well in that that sort of in kind of what seems to be my enduring favorites. And, and it works really well. Kind of um, single creators type of uh, love there. huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I um. So I was I was watching an interview with Jaime Hernandez and he was talking about how, like, some of the mainstay artists at Marvel would often look down at the indie guys. And, and his response to him was like, you guys are all working on hand-me-downs. Like, you're working on hand-me-downs that were done way better by a way better artist, <laughs> you know, Jack Kirby way, some time ago, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not that you're not doing good work, but, you know, stay in your lane, <laughs> you know. I'm, gotcha, gotcha. You know, especially since it's the Los Bros Hernandez who are literally, like, redefining comics when they're, when they're working on Love and Rocket. So, yeah, it was uh, I, it's a very nice indie one and not heavy. It's it's fun. It's light. It's, it's, it's a poppy... You know, it's 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 a nice candy bubblegum sort of fun without being too childish or silly. Right. Right on. So have any of you guys read the Madman comic before? Uh, We'll start with Jason. You know, I actually did dabble in Madman. I guess
0: it was uh, it was like 2002 because I was in Kosovo and a fellow soldier had some Madman comics and he knew I liked comics. so. He gave me a few issues to read. So I did uh, dip my toe in some Mad men in the early aughts.
2: All right. Uh, How about you, Pat? Oh, hold hold on a second. Let me, uh, I'm just going to put these boxes down. You probably heard some of that noise. Sorry. Uh, I was moving some boxes around, getting the decorations ready just so you guys could... Uh, You know, maybe help. Delvin said he was going to help, but
5: I I noticed you put all the boxes over there next to Delvin.
2: (laughs) Yes. You probably heard. uh, I figured, okay, he's busy listening, so I'm going to move these boxes and do it. But no, I'd help you, but I have a note from my doctor. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm a doctor, so I wrote it. So, uh, can you write me? I
0: also have a note from Dr. (laughs) Some
2: slips to make sure that the doctor says these guys can help me out with decorations.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You, You know, you may need assistance care on this one i uh, could definitely see it read right a prescription <laughs>
2: <laughs> but to answer your question no i have not read madman before i've seen it where like the covers and the character and like and know that his name is madman but i didn't know anything about this guy just besides his name jared how about you
5: same answers pat no
4: of him but never read any madman
5: and delvin
4: yeah i'm the exact same and Pat, I already told you, Christmas fools, dude, not gonna happen. Had, had you, had you caught me yesterday, yesterday I could have done it, but today I had the out of Christmas fools, so
2: sorry. You sure I didn't ask you on the day five?
4: Pretty sure, yep. I mean, you said
2: you were gonna? Okay.
4: I mean, uh, day five may as well have been like a month ago, so I mean, who knows, right?
0: Yeah, you asked me on day five, and um, you know, and for me, day five is Christmas fools. So for everybody, it's a unique Christmas fool. Oh, ooh, food. I That's didn't know
3: that. that okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting Interesting. okay well so it sounds like this is a new adventure for most all of you here uh, so let me for those of you who are listening instead of seeing <laughs> let me break down what um, what happens in this first issue so issue one madman comic number one is broken up into two parts uh, the first part is a six page opener titled a living end of pro-em I guess a prose poem in this which, which basically uses the framing device of the titular madman whose, whose name is frank einstein uh once again acting as a test subject for the scientist dr Flem they are testing a brain recorder to help uncover frank's memories see frank was a corpse that had been resurrected by one of dr Flem's colleagues dr boyfard uh, in fact his name is from their two of their favorite people the dr boyford's favorite people Albert Einstein and Frank Sinatra. So and then of course his name is Frank Einstein. So as a as a resurrected guy which visually for those of you who can't see he's got blue skin and a metal plate and some like scar stitching that looks very reminiscent to Frankenstein. So they're trying to recover his past memories cuz he can't remember his previous life. Um and every time he does it it's usually something something weird happens and this is no no different so as they're attempting to recover this this activates Frank's psychic powers which abilities which he gained during his resurrection um which are kind of nebulous and he's hard for him to control throughout the series sort of they come and go but in it he gets a lot of sort of almost nightmare flashes of his past life and in many ways a kind of real quick recap so this whole sort of six page is a nice little recap of everything and and his psychic powers cause an overload in the machine. And as they're sort of getting the smoke off of him <laughs> and, and making sure he's not on fire and helping him up, they kind of fill out a little bit of an exposition, exposition dump sort of recapping what happened in the oddity odyssey and the madman adventures that followed it basically ending with Dr. Boyford, who was the one who resurrected Frank um, has fallen ill, uh, fallen of Foul of one of his own experiments, where he was attempting to expand his mind, and now his his brain is basically growing in size out of control, and has basically left him hospitalized. Now, the second part of the issue is co- is titled "Crash Course of the Ravers," and this is where we kind of get into our main story for the new series. So, we open in the park of in Snap City, where Frank is having a picnic with his girlfriend Josephine Joe Lombard. It's a pretty idyllic date that they have together, uh, which is interrupted by the crash of a flying saucer and the appearance of a pink, lumpy-skinned alien. Unable to communicate with the alien, Frank gives pursuit as he flees into the sewers. There, Frank makes two discoveries, a glowing pink alien goop and an enclave of beatniks. With well-priced throw of the glowing goop and a few shots from his souped-up toy disc gun, Frank is able to best and escape the beatniks when they turn violent, Frank returns to the surface in time to hook up with Dr. Flem in the process of recovering the crashed spacecraft. Parting with Dr. Flem, Frank accompanies Joe to her work, where she is helping her employers Mike Mattress and Dave Dean Crept move offices. Red-eyed Mike is a real creep to Frank, and only by the intervention of his girl Sadie and Joe does he act civilly. When Frank and Mike shake hands, Frank's psychic abilities activate with visions, letting him know that Mattress is full of evil. Before anything can be resolved, the now alien goop-mutated beatniks attack, seeking revenge on Frank. Frank leads them away, where they corner him on the roof of an abandoned building. Out of ammo in his disc gun, Frank is knocked from the roof. To what would be his death, luckily two robotic helpers of Dr. Phlegm arrive to slow Frank's fall, saving his life. Out of the frying pan and into the fryer, the pink alien returns, giving chase to Frank, Frank is able to lose the alien in the Snap City subway system and make his way back to Dr. Phlegm's lab via the underground. In the lab, Frank finds Dr. Phlegm and his bandaged assistant Gale preparing to open the crashed spaceship. Frank and Joe join the two scientists as they enter the alien craft. Their exploration is cut short as the ship's security measures render them unconscious with an electrical shock. The four wake up strapped to alien chairs. To their surprise, they meet the grinning, green-skinned alien that is their captor. He proclaims that his name is Mott and asks if they will be his friend. This brings us to the end of the first issue. All right. So what did you guys think of the issue? We'll start with Jared.
5: I am going to give you all the things that I like about the issue. The art style, like you said, different, almost retro with a new feel. Very cool. The toy disc gun, of which I had one as a child, that has been converted into a dangerous weapon. I like that. I rebought one after I read that book. I, <laughs> I have bet. one. I bet. I, I
3: was like his other weapon. They don't show it in it. Is a Duncan yo-yo that he's filled with lead, so he uses that as like a a, a ranged like weapon too. So it's just like two toy weapons. I'm like, why am I not cosplaying this? <laughs>
5: <laughs> and third, and finally, I. Like anything that kind of clowns on beatniks, because that's just funny to me for some reason. So the group of beatniks that were just so over the top, I did find amusing. Mm -hmm. That is the end. I will pass it to whomever needs to go next. All right. Well, Jason, how about you? Yeah, there were were
0: a couple things that I really liked about this. I also uh, had one of those toy guns and Jared and I, uh, you know, we did what damage we could with those bad boys blasting away at each other. Uh, through our youth. There's so, so was, That was pretty cool. The art, we've talked about it. Allred's art really is standout. It's one of those that when you look at it, you don't mistake it for anybody else's art. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's Mike Allred. In fact, you know, my ex-wife had a uh, DVD of the Italian movie Seduced and Abandoned. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the cover and I was like, Mike Allred did the art on that cover. <laughs> I picked it up and sure enough. So yeah, stellar mm-hmm. art. There's some moments of good humor in there there, there was uh, there's a bit of mystery kind of leaves you with a cliffhanger so yeah all in all I thought not not too bad not a
4: terrible issue so
3: all right delvin what did you think of this issue
4: so yeah it's interesting that like for a time especially like the early 90s that the mainstream guys looked down on the indie guys you know the indie guys had you know probably a uh, big chips on their shoulders and now, a lot of those indie guys have made it big in Marvel and DC, you know, as, you know, newcomers, as they call them. But they haven't really been new to the industry at all. They work their way up to, let's say, the big two or big three, if you want to count image uh, as a part of it. And then I also think about my comic book growth. And uh, I definitely collected some image back in the 90s. But other than that, I didn't stray too far outside of the big three. And really, I still have. And I've done it more now in the past few years because I have, you know, I mean, there's Jared who's done his independent stuff. And then because we've met with, you know, different podcasters, I've gotten to know other indie artists and have picked up a few of their comics. And that's probably going to be a trend that continues. So I bring all of that up to say that, like, I would say Mad Men didn't quite hit with me only because like to me, it read like it was almost like a story where one wacky thing happened, followed by the next wacky thing, followed by the next wacky thing. And none of it seemed to like really vibe together other than it was almost like a five year old telling a story. You know what I'm saying, like, and then mm-hmm. I did this, and then and then it was snowing outside, and then I went to get rainbows, and then after the rainbows, then I got gumballs, and then after the gumballs, then you know there were earthworms. It's like,
5: uh, oh, it's okay, called going Johnny. to the Claremontian School of Writing.
4: <laughs> you shut your mouth.
3: <laughs> shut your mouth right now. So you know, I, I I'm I'm going to agree with you on that, and it kind of in this first twenty issue run, it didn't really change much there. Like he's. There's a lot of like, and then they're just on to the next thing, and mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, I he, I'm gonna always defend Claremont on this one, but like he he doesn't have the deft hand of Claremont, um, because I mean <laughs> I think he's less he's far more uh, a phenomenal right uh, artist over writer in that case, but I it's just one of those things. It's just like I look, I'm I'm just in love with the art, so I like. I sometimes just like glaze over what's being said in the book. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah people fighting, whatever. I and, just want to look at the art panels.
4: And Allred can definitely be someone you do that with yeah. because he he just has a style, and that's man, God, that's a way to make it in the art world, right? And especially the comic book, a visual medium where you have a style that people want to look at, and he does because I remember I collected x-force which became ecstatics mm-hmm. and very distinctly liked the art style it was fun it was something to look at and even crazier in x-force ecstatic like they were dying they were dropping off and dying every issue oh yeah and, that- so- and somehow it was like amusing and funny still and very clever so
3: yeah and I think that one definitely benefited that he had like you know a really solid writer with Peter Milligan like mm-hmm. on in that series which was good but yeah i know like man
4: like everyone like dies half like, the team dies in like the first issue and you're like what just happened yeah i think, <laughs> I think like, at the end at the end the only one who survived was dupe so oh yeah, yeah. But, but yeah anyway I should. but yeah. with madman it's it's similar very good artwork like there, there was there wasn't a time like the panels are really fun to, to look at and there are some definitely some zany things but it's just like the story was definitely where i'm like I feel like I'm kind of missing something. And yeah. so, yeah, like fun to look at, but like, I, but it will be one of those things because I know I'm a completist. If I started with Madman 1, I'd have got all 20 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I absolutely would have. So,
2: Pat, so round us out. Well, uh, and I think maybe I might a little bit between what everybody may have said here. Um, everybody kind of took the good parts of it with the art. You know, you can't say anything bad about this art. It's just really beautiful to look at, to see it. And just the wild things that are in here, but drawn really nice. So you could really understand what, what he's envisioning here. Mm-hmm. The story-wise, I felt like Delvin, though, a little bit, where I was kind of going along and then, boop, we're on a different story. Whoop, we're over here. We're over there. So I, I get that feel to it. And as far as the gadgets man i totally forgot about those disc guns and i'm like oh man i love that disc gun i gotta get me one of those again those are like you could hurt somebody back then you know oh and they had this click when you fired them it's just so satisfying oh man it's just so (laughs) fun it's It's like actually
3: like recoiled
2: yeah yeah. (laughs) they they got away with these things and could (laughs) buy them at the grocery store and all that i mean pat
4: remember lawn darts used to be a thing well i had some of those too (laughs) i mean they were sharp
2: projectiles those were my size when i would play outside those were my size (laughs) i would play lawn dart chicken (laughs) Okay. <laughs>
4: oh yeah. wait! Did you mean?
2: Did you mean like um, <laughs> throw it up in the air? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait, for wait the- when you when you said size, did you mean like Raphael Ninja Turtle yeah, size? like Ninja. Yeah, yeah we or, well, but it was GI Joe, you know. So I was like, you know, Snake Eyes running around with my huh. Ninja. Style. Are you sure
5: you weren't Electra? <laughs> I
3: mean,
2: <especially> well, <laughs> you know. I mean, if you got the legs for it, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, I was yeah, skinny me at the time, probably weighing about a wet. Seventy pounds, That's hot. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those and a tall, ones. you know, <laughs> almost six oh. feet with the skin and Yeah. Oh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. When I was no. at the pool, all the come to the, you know. Anyway, I keep going here. I'll have to admit, like
3: I got the first twenty run, and then like when they sw- moved over to Image, I kind of didn't follow, Um, and actually only recently rebought them. Actually, once we <laughs> once we decided to do this, that was that was a perfect excuse to get them all on digital and get the entire oh, run there go. for research <laughs> for research. It was for, for, for academic reasons. Yeah, no, it's, I remember. And I was, I read through a bunch of them recently and I'm like, yeah, he kind of like was seeing what sticks and, and like throwing things there, but you can see all his influences though. And it's so mm-hmm. nice. I yeah, mean, like, that's,
2: that's one thing that I thought reading through this, you know, the background story that they told in that short mm-hmm. story, um, you know, it reminds me of Frankenstein, things like that. And then just if Frankenstein could, you know, wasn't just a, a dopey guy, monstery kind of a guy, you have Frankenstein, who's a guy, he doesn't know a lot, but yet he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to be a cool, nice guy to everybody yeah. and have some fun along the way. And you said he's got a yo-yo. So I was a guy that in high school walked around with the Duncan yo-yo, mm. just, you know, they made like an official one too. Like, oh, really? I think really? I have
3: that one. Actually, that's the one I have. It's the official Madman Duncan yo-yo oh, too. Oh, so, wow! So it was. Uh, he he got smart on that too. I actually would recommend, even though I chose this one because it's like I just think it's, since sure. it's a nice color one, and also it's for an ongoing series, so it's it, it, there's a little more meat there. But I definitely recommend everyone if they get a chance to read Oddity Odyssey. If anyone's been to or lived in the Pacific Northwest, you can feel like so much of the energy of that because he's in the Oregon area. It's a lot more like 90s indie film, but still with the mm. same like 50s kitschy vibe to it. But it's also black and white with blue. So he does like a three tone in the book, oh, which I'm actually really fan of black and white books that do a one color tone additional because they like it adds so much depth, but like, mm. and you you almost imagine you're like, Oh, it's got a lot of color. You're like, nope, not really. It actually technically only has one color, okay. <laughs> no, no color, black, and then you know, which is a color, obviously. But and I would, I definitely recommend. It. And then the tundra one afterwards is actually yeah. it's really exquisite because it's a nice prestige form, not large prestige format, but it's like sure. the um, graphic novel bound or the the um, graphic novel bound, not the graphic novel. You know, the Else worlds. You know how they used to come in that like flat spine binding with the glued, not the stapled. Um, sure, sure. yeah, so that it, it, it's in that sort of format. And then, you know, that's when he and Laura, she starts doing the coloring and it's just like, I mean, her color palette is so vibrant. Yeah, the coloring
2: and, in this is, is really good as well, too. You know, it and looks think, great in digital, too. Yeah, I think that's where anybody that's reading or, or looking at the comics, you have a side that you kind of tend to. I'm more story driven kind of a person. So, I'll be looking more at, you know, is this something that I can read and it would keep me enthralled and wanting to know more? Of course, the art really helps as well for me, but I'm like you, Dr. G, you you got some artist skill in you. So, you look at it probably in that kind of a, you know, mindset where you said before, you can just, you just want to look at the pictures and the panels Mm -hmm. because you like it so much.
3: Yeah. Now it's time to rate the interest in the series Um, using the official Crusader mask. Candy cane scale on a scale of one to twelve candy canes. Oh, wait, do, do we get to eat the candy canes? Asking yeah, for a friend. If you
2: get some extra. <laughs> I stuff, I have to get check extra my actually.
0: blood sugar levels. Uh, like, no, I, I do
2: like, hand them out. Uh for those that help me put in decorations. So oh. So the
5: answer is no. We do not. Oh, so, hand so hand I guess I'm cane. not getting <laughs>
2: All right, all right. I, I see how it's
5: played, whatever.
3: <laughs> okay, so um, so one to twelve scale, 12 being extremely interested. One being no interest at all. How many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of this title? So we will start off with Delvin. What's your one to 12 candy cane scale on the Madman comics?
4: I am at six. I mean, Mike Allred and Laura can't not forget his wife uh, because she's a part of the team too. They deserve that. And of course, I'm remembering what they did in the future with X-Force Ecstatics. I did not read Silver Surfer, but I heard amazing things between uh, Slot and the Allreds Mm -hmm. about what they did with that book. And there's a reason that his style caught on, and it is because of stuff like this. And I haven't forgotten that. Yeah, the story didn't necessarily catch me. The art absolutely did. And... I love his consistency and how well that he has done. So I'm right at a six. All right. Jason,
3: one to 12 candy canes.
0: Breaking it down, humor, heart, spectacle, and art. The humor doesn't really match up to mine. It was kind of more whimsy mm-hmm. than humor. But I did laugh in a couple of places. The one we didn't talk about is when they say he's got coordination more than, your, than most humans. And it shows him doing that impossible little paddle ball. Uh, That cracked me up. So so I'm going to give it a one for humor. Heart. I think this is where the storytelling really suffers. I think this is where Allred could have really used a good storyteller. I'm sure there is some heart in here. So I I just, I don't know enough about Madman's motivations. I I haven't seen him do anything actually heroic. So I'll give that one a one as well for potential. Spectacle. There was a little bit, it was a little disjointed, but it kept me engaged. I'll give that one a one as well. And then the art, well, we've already talked about that. It's a full three for the art and uh, deservedly so. It's just beautiful to look at. And just, you know, I I don't think iconic is too strong of
4: a word at this point.
0: So that gives me one, two, three, six. And. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to bump it up another point uh, for your enthusiasm and, and the energy you brought to the show. So I'm going to settle on a seven for me. Oh,
2: thank you. All right. Pat. I, I kind of use the same scale that Jason does, but just in different ways. And I, my numbers are mixed around and up and down. But I am definitely with him on a seven. I think what I once I read it, I'm like, you know what? I got to hear some more from Dr. G on why he loves this, why he brought it. And everything else about it was definitely helpful, which moved me up to a seven as well. The story could a little, used a little bit more. I'm sure there's probably stuff you know down the road that'll explain what's happening with the alien, what's happening, you know. Just a, it's wacky. This would be like a nice uh, refresher book to read. So if I would find them out and about in the wild, I'll pick some more up. Excellent.
3: And we're bringing up the rear with us, Jared.
5: Well, I think I'm gonna be the boating. <laughs> on this one. (laughs) If you'd asked me before recording out of the 12 Candy Kings what I'd given this, I probably would have said two. And just for the art, the wacky, whimsical, all over the place storytelling. It didn't grab me, but I can say this. You know, it reminds me, and I might be getting out there for some of you folks, but I bet Dr. G's nerdy enough to get this. It reminds me of an R. Crumb book, almost. And that it's got a real unique art style and the creator is writing for himself. It, yeah. it's, he's, he's entertaining himself. He, he's not like trying to reach a mass audience. And, and and maybe that's the kind of person that I look for is, is someone who's trying to reach more of a mass audience.
4: Or, or be on
5: a certain podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes you just get that vibe. Like I was at this age where I read a ton of crumb books and I was just totally digging it in the art style. And it was just it was just the right book at the right time. So I get now, like I said, I, I probably would have got a one or maybe a two. But after Dr. G's given us his point of view, I get that much like Jason. Dr. G's enthusiasm has sort of bumped me up. I'm still not big on it. I just don't know that it's for me, but I, I'll push it all the way to a four candy cane and not be so bitter about it as I was, as the guys mm-hmm. know, as I was texting them yesterday. I think I threatened to burn down the entire world yesterday <laughs> after I read it. Oh um, no! <laughs> <laughs>
4: something like that i don't remember uh,
3: don't do that that's where i keep my stuff <laughs> in, in, in the world So I,
4: it, exactly it wasn't it wasn't said. the world it wasn't a world it was just the continent you need to say which continent okay oh. <laughs> <laughs> if, if antarctica was gone would you miss it
5: <laughs> so, so i mean yeah, i was i was I, down on it at first because i was like this cat is just entertaining himself and, and he's a great artist but it just feels wasted but You've given me a better perspective. It might not speak to me, but I get why it speaks to other people, especially if it hits them at the right time. It just didn't hit me at the right time, I think. So it's not a bitter four. It's just a, it's not for me, but I get it for.
3: this. Def- and even in this rereading, I was like, oh man, this plot's like all over the place. You know, <laughs> like I, uh, you know, reading it again and and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, it kind of has some trouble finding the plot throughout the 20 issues. I think the Atomics does a lot better, but that's actually one I'm I'm going to have to like go back to read because I didn't really keep up with the series at the time. But I would definitely have to say, recommend that, like, you know, if, if this didn't seem like the cup of tea, I would actually say recommend try to read Oddity Odyssey, the first original three-parter, because I think since he had a three issue, he knew where he was going to end. Because there's a lot of, in, in this first 20, where he's, like, writing the next issue to, like, write the next issue, sort of. You feel like he's kind of, like... I mean, in like two issues, he's going to be like on a boat with a murder mystery on like a cruise ship, you know? And it's just kind of out of nowhere. Again, I like I didn't care. It was so pretty to look at, and and I just it kind of hit me too in that like '50s hip hipster sort of vibe that like I get that really, I get that, and, and I was just like, and I was I'm always been a little into that sort of like hipster greaser hepcat culture, even though I'm like. <laughs> the brown the brownest weirdest like, you know, like Asian dudes out not really. <laughs> hey man, if
5: it strikes you, it strikes you.
3: But uh yeah, no, I recommend the first part. I think the Atomics is a much better written one. I think there's a lot more and he also has like a more solid cast of characters too. I think like reading this one, I realized too, it's like, you know, there's a lot of characters who got really decent backstories and introductions in the Odyssey that you don't see any of that in this first issue. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it for my my more than 15 seconds or less recommendation. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say, yeah, we went a little over 15 seconds, but that was all good stuff. So that will wrap up day six of the 12 days of Crusadeness. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show. Or if you gave one of our recommendations a try, let us know what you think. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. You can also email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. And if you're loving Crusademus and you didn't get a chance to listen last year, or you just want to hear more Crusademus, if you scroll far enough back on our feed, you can find all the episodes from Crusademus Past going 2020, 2019, 2018, and even the
3: OG 2017. All right. So thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift from under the tree here in the festively decorated long box crusade studios. Until then, DJ Christos, play one of your favorite Christmas jams. Wiggity, 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 wah.
1: Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe She'd been drinking too much eggnog And we begged her not to go But she forgot her medication And she staggered through the door out in the snow When we found her Christmas morning At the scene of the attack She had prints on her forehead And incriminating claws marks on her back Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Now we're all so proud of Grandpa He's been taking this so well See him in there watching football Drinking beer and playing cards with Cousin Mel It's not Christmas without Grandpa All the family's dressed in black And we just can't help but wonder Should we open up her gift, or send them back? Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house, Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa As for me and Grandpa, we believe Now the goose is on the table And the pudding made of fig And the blue and silver candles That would just have matched the hair in Grandma's wig I warned all my friends and neighbors Better watch out for yourselves They should never give a license To a man who drives a sleigh and plays with elves Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house, Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa but As for me and Grandpa, we believe Sing it with us, Grandpa! Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from my house, Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa all songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. No takes.
0: Yeah, we can kick this off. Uh, I'll go on mute. So, all you useless mfers, go on mute while Doctor G and I talk. Madman.
2: Yeah, all of you useless. Yeah. Could you actually <laughs> identify those for us, please? <laughs> yeah.
4: I'm not useless. I, I have value. So. It's oh, Delvin,
0: no. hashtag dark web. The only Has- one
2: I see on mute is Jared, so Jared he must shadows. fall into that.
0: End In quote. Jared. Uh, yep, I'm the most useless one Has- of us <laughs> all. Yard sale artist. Today, Today, it's about me and Dr. G and maybe Mary Jane. We'll see.